two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Visit Hellsberg.com for safe and easy ways to shop this holiday, like free shipping and returns, virtual shopping appointments, or buy online and pick up in-store. And right now, get a free Microsoft Surface Go 2 with the purchase of $1,499 or more. You gift, you get. Limited time offer while supplies last. See online or in-store for details. Ah, welcome to Preach Kev Preach. It's Pastor Kevin Kev here with again with another sermon, another episode. I'm joined by Rashad, man. How's it going this week? What's up, brother? I'm going good, man. Glad it's Friday. How about this? And I'm good, man. You know, I, I did a kickboxing class this week, you know, looking like uh got four made with the hands and uh and the silver feet, you know. <laughs> going going to the UFC, man. Ready to go knock somebody out. <laughs> nah, it was it was fun, man. You know, my body Body said, hey, man, you know, we ain't used to this. Uh, <laughs> we got a good show for y'all today. We talk about Kyler Murray and his decision to go to the NFL draft. Um, you know, I had conversations with people along the way who, you know, a lot of people thought he should go baseball. To me, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is the type of guy who, if you're that athletic, and I think because of his position that he's playing, it's always better to go to NFL. Yeah, I mean, because – Baseball, you get a guaranteed paycheck, but at the same time, um, you know, not everybody's going to get those huge, huge deals like a Bryce Harper's going to get. And I don't think he'll be that great of a player or he'll ever get to that type of level of money. So at least if he's a rookie, I think it's at the Oakland A's offer him like $4 million. As a rookie, if he, as long as he goes in the first round, he'll make that easily. Like he'll pretty much double or triple that depending upon his draft spot. So football is the way to go. So even if he does bust, I mean, I don't like that word bust because if you were if you were drafted, you're not really a bust. Because I mean you actually have the talent to at least make it to the league. So but if he if he just gets drafted first round, the money he's gonna make from baseball, he'll easily double or triple that just in the on a rookie scale contract. And for those who don't know, Calamari was a top ten draft pick. Uh, number nine overall to the Oakland A's. And this is a team just came off this year who, you know, won 97 games without their first-round draft pick. So, in baseball, you know, you know how success is baseball. Sometimes you might be the best team in the league. Then next year you're the flat bottom or vice versa. So, you know, baseball is not really a bunch of, you know, star power guys. Like guys like Mount Trout, they don't really make the playoffs occasionally. Him, Albert Pio has been in L.A. for a long time. And we talk about the Dodgers, not the Angels. Uh, so for for a guy who's top ten pick in baseball, it's a sport that nobody really talks about. No sports shows really talk about baseball. That's not their agenda, unless something something crazy like a rod on steroids or um, somebody breaking a record. That's usually that's usually the stories we hear in baseball. But for a guy who's what, five nine, 
I think he was, yeah, that's, that's, that's about right. I think he was, <laughs> I, I think says he's he, small. I think he was listed like 180 pounds, but you know, they said he's 195, which I really don't believe that. You talk about a guy who's going to go through limitations that you know that they're going to say leading up to the draft day. And my question is, uh, do you think his his skills can can translate? Or do you, how much how much of a how much of a jump do you think he has to take to to be be that be that guy in the NFL? Well, it's going to depend upon three things to me, and two of them he can't control. Um, of course, his his size, he's small, he can't control it. He's growing, he can grow. So he's going to have a hard time transitioning to trying to throw the ball, you know, over guys, see windows, and things like that. Um, the second thing is when it comes to almost any sport, I think we all know that fit is important. So as far as, like, being drafted, we don't know where he's going to get drafted at. And then depending upon that, is there a QB competition does that team have a not even a QB guru, just one who can groom him and call plays for him, just so he's comfortable? You know, he kind of like how McDaniels has Brady. They know Brady's not throwing the ball downfield anymore, so they transform the offense to a dink and dunk type of thing where he can just kind of get the ball out fast and let the playmakers make plays. So that's the second point. And then the third thing, I mean, Kyle doesn't control this either. Um, is who does he – what weapons do he have to work with? Because in the Big 12, you know, you're recruiting five-star guys and then it's not the most elite defensive conference. So he's not playing against top-level defenders, but he's working with, with all, you know, all college, all-American talent. So out of those things, I mean, all that he can control is his work ethic. Um, but his size, he can't control that. And where he's drafted, what team he goes to, and what weapons he has to work with, he really can't control it either. Um, but as long as he's accurate, which you displayed this season, he'll be fine. Um, accuracy kind of cures all. But that's going to have a, a factor in his size and his arm, you know. If you can't really see see your guy running down the field, somebody batting your ball down because you're too short, it's going to be a rough dead office. Right. But see, that, that's what people really don't know. I've seen a stat that's saying that, Quarterbacks six one or higher and like batted balls like percentage like you know over um, x amount of uh, throws it's like one point seven percent batted balls and guys who are six one and below well you know below six one is one point five percent so relatively no matter your height is the bat the the ball is being batted the same amount of percentage so you know I know we we always look about this size talked about Drew Brees when probably he came out probably talked about Russell Wilson talked about Baker Mayfield. Even talked about Johnny Menzel, which he he that he was different reasons why he didn't work out, and now we, we're going through the same thing with Kyler Murray. At some point, we got to say, you know, forget size and just look about is he a baller or not? Because at the end of the day, is can you play? Here, here are the the top five Vegas Vegas favorites of where he's going to land in the draft. For whatever reason, number one is Oakland, the Oakland Raiders, Jacksonville Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars are two, the Giants are three, Arizona's four, and Miami Dolphins is five. Now I'm kind of I'm gonna cross out Cardinals because Cardinals and the Raiders because I I really don't think that the that John Gruden can get rid of all their you know the the big three that they had Khalil Matt Cooper and Carr I don't think they can survive yeah. another you know another one of those guys going and then Cardinals I think it's crazy that this is even a topic that people are saying that he might trade you know that's tra- that Rosen's on the trade block to get Kyler Murray at one 
I think that's I think that's beyond um, ludicrous and ridiculous. So I'm gonna add the Redskins in this. So out of Jags, Giants, Dolphins, and Redskins, the course the 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 free agency is before you know before the draft. So we got guys like Joe Flacco, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, uh, Nick Foles, who are going to be free agents, and you know the draft is really correspond to what, what happens in the free agency. So I think a team like Dolphins or a team like Jacksonville, uh, even the, you know, even the uh, Redskins, they probably will sign that veteran guy. The Giants, I think they should go after Haskins, who is another prop, another quarterback in Kyler Murray's way. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, the, 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 the needs of quarterback teams, you know, is, is very, very rare now, as long as Jacksonville can find their guy. Cause you, you assume Nick Foles is the number one, uh, quarterback that's going to be coveted over the free agency, and you assume that Joe Flacco may be number two. And if it's only like four or five teams going, you know, going for a quarterback, can Kyler Murray be a starter next year? But I guess if you're a first round pick, you know, I guess it really doesn't matter because you're still getting that guaranteed contract, which baseball doesn't offer really till you know you make the you know you make the roster. I, I kind of looked it up and I was trying to see like how did like how does baseball work? Because you know. We, I'm not a really a, best, a baseball um, guy like that. I don't really care about it like that. But I'm looking at Bryce Harper's. And, uh, he came out as a 19 year old, and I think he was 25, 26 now. His first year when he made, because he made a baseball uh, major league from the get go. Like most guys going to the minor leagues, single A, double A, triple A, he made it from the get go. He made three million his first year, a million his second year, two million his third year, two point six. His fourth year, two point five. His fifth year, and then five. His sixth year, and, and seventh year, made thirteen million. So I'm yeah, like, so those, those first couple of years is kind of going to probably be on par with what Caleb will probably get to. But then this is the type. But like you said, this is the type of, a different type of player, Bryce Hopper and guys like Mike Trout. Mike Trout. I've seen some things about Caleb yeah. Murray. They saying at best he's you know he's average at everything, um, if not a little better. So it's not like he's a a transcendent superstar right um, matter of like right away. Everybody keeps saying, you know, baseball money is baseball money makes more. And I understand the effects that football has on you, but it's like because he's a quarterback on the the highest value position in the NFL, he's going to make more money because if the the likelihood of baseball guys making it because you're not starting off in the major leagues right away, it's probably going to be at least two or three years before he even gets to the major leagues. Then that fourth year, he's not going to make any money. Uh, you know, the whatever the minimum is that they give play, you know, players, that's probably what he'll get for at least two or three years for uh, eligible for big contracts. But in NFL, you just you make the first year, you're already, you know, $15 million in, and then that's the first contract. That's when you can make, boom, you make all your money right there. I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see who takes Kyler Murray. If you, if you had to choose one, where do you think his best fit would be? Based upon the draft order, um, almost certain Giants – will go Haskins just because they, they want to have somebody to at least start grooming. It's really a tough call. I mean, the best case for them would probably be somewhere like Jacksonville. Um, warm weather, so he won't be throwing the ball in the cold. And then he has a defense that can bail him out when needed. Um, that's probably going to be the best situation, uh, if not them. I'm not sure where he can <laughs> go that he could have a decent situation. I mean, the Jacks don't really have a elite elite receivers, but they had some guys who were in when they were in college. They were they were ballers. So I think Jacks may be his best scenario because I don't think he wants to go to Redskins. And, and actually, you know, to piggyback off that, I think you are correct with Jacksonville because 
remember when I, I texted you the other day and I was like, hey, did you see that John Filippo was, was signed to the Jets? And, yeah. you know, he was on the pace of being that next, you know, that next offensive guru that, you know, teams wanted, you know, the Sean, you know, the quote unquote Sean McVay effect. And, you know, you, you, you seen what they said about Leonard Fournette. They took away his guarantee that his contract. So he could be moved on if they want to. Which would be ridiculous. Which, which would be, yeah, you're right. Which would be ridiculous. But even let's say even they do keep him or not, I guess it really doesn't really matter. But if Kyler Murray walks into Jacksonville with a guy who wants to throw the ball, and now you have a quarterback who can move in the pocket because DeFilippo couldn't, he didn't have that with uh, with Kirk Cousins, but he did have that with Carson Wentz. And with Kyler Murray who can move who can move real fast in the pocket, he, who knows? You know, maybe maybe D.D. Westbrook takes next step. Uh, Keelan Cole and Moncrief, maybe they can add another piece in the draft. Whatever the case may be, if they can do that, I mean, like I said, with that defense, Jacksonville is probably the perfect scenario for Kyler Murray. And then again, on top of it, it's like after what they did last season, if Kyler Murray come there and you know win four plus games that they won this year, yeah, if he's go seven and nine, eight and eight, that he'll be like a, a god. Yeah, he probably, he probably <laughs> just like Baker Mayfield as far as who's going to win Rookie of the Year. You know, you know, you know how quarterbacks is the the awards are leaning more than them anyway. So I guess Kyler Murray be up there up for that easily. Uh, so I, I do like that um, because I don't think Dolphins would do it because uh, the reports is Brian Flores will take over and he's a New England guy and he always had. Like, just look at the quarterbacks that New England had, like Tom Brady, uh, Ryan Mallett. That's a big guy. Uh, Brian Horace, pretty solid. Uh, Matt Castle's big. Jimmy G's a big guy. Jacoby Brissett is even a big guy. Like these guys, like New England is more of a quarterback guy. Traditional six five, six four type people, which I think why Nick Foles is probably going to Miami. So I, I don't think Brian Flores would want him. And like I said, Giants probably would get Haskins. Um, Jacksonville would be the perfect one. And I, and if I had to bet money on it, I would. Yeah, if the if the Dolphins don't get Nick Foles, I'll be looking out for them to grab Duke's quarterback at some point. Right. That makes sense. So with the, do you do you think Jacksonville should take them at? I think they're right behind Gi- Giants in the draft. So. So should Kyler Murray go top ten? Like, okay, do, do you think he's a, do you think he's a top ten talent, or do, do you just think he's going top ten? Uh, he's not worth the top ten pick, but you and I know how the NFL is structured. It's always you got to get a QB, you got to get a QB, you got to get a QB. Everything starts to end with the QB. So, uh, if the Giants at six take Haskins at seven, the Jacks will probably have to. Pull, uh, you know, pull the trigger on on Murray because they do need a quarterback. They can't go another season with Blake Bortles or Cody Kessler. Mm. And free agency, depending upon asking price, I'm not sure they'll be able to get another guy because they just gave Bortles the contract. So I, I think seven is a reach for Murray. I mean, don't get me wrong about that. I don't think he's worth a first round pick at all. But because of the play, you know how valuable. Well, "Quote unquote," how valuable the QB is, he he may end up going. Purpose scenario, like we said, Jack. So it would be the uh, the seventh pick. Yeah, and, and I don't I don't think Kyler Murray would regret this decision. Uh, I think that's what people uh, are going to value. You know, um, you know, ten fifteen years down the line, did Kyler Murray make the decision that that what if he chose baseball? What if and he became a superstar in, in baseball and became the the first real superstar because. We look at baseball. How many how many stars you know like stars you just you just know, 
And the best player in baseball, which is probably what Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. If I know most, most, I think most most baseball people are saying about Trout is Mike. We don't we never hear about this guy. And I think that and I think that that kind of played in the role. I I would believe that if Kyler Murray comes in, even with Jacksonville, you know he's gonna be one of the guys that's constantly talking about. Uh, and that sets you up for a lot of things. I, I believe that you know being a quarterback. Now, if he was any other position, running back, cornerback, receiver, I think we having a completely different conversation. And I think he, I think baseball would be the route. But because that quarterback value is so high, it's just easy to one make the money. The, the quarterback market has been has been set a certain way. And even guys like Cam Newton, who hasn't made that, you know, he hasn't get paid since that first wave. He's making $20 million. Andy Dalton's around, what, 16, 17. Dak's about to get yeah. paid um, more than 20. Nick Foles probably going to get paid more than 20. And, you know, and these not, you know, these not top five quarterbacks. You're talking about a guy who all you got to be is a, at least a top 20 quarterback and you're getting paid. So it's, it's kind of it's like a big uh, area to grow. And you're talking about Jackson, the defense, who probably has two or three seasons left of being elite, elite. Uh, that's that's perfect time for Kyler Murray to take over. And I think with DeFilippo, I think DeFilippo might get a coaching job out of this uh, if Kyler Murray comes. And you know, you know how you know how some people, some players make other people, and vice versa. We're gonna see maybe Kyler Murray skills so good that DeFilippo looks better than what he really is, um, or. Vice versa, Deep Lippo scheme might be so good that Kyler Murray looks like a look like a star quarterback, and you know we're talking about him being better than better than Andy Dalton or something, you know, something like that, or better than Baker Mayfield, whatever the case may be. That's what we're gonna be looking at. Yeah, it'll always depend upon where he goes because if let's say the Giants don't go Haskins, they go O line to protect Eli, protect Barkley. Then at seven, the Jets could go Haskins. Or they could go Drew Locke, or they could go um, the guy from Duke right there. And then, yeah, and then let's just say the next who's the next pick? I think needs a QB like Denver at ten. Denver, yeah. If they don't sign, if they, if they don't sign anybody in free agency, they could go Daniel Jones, or you know, they they could take a QB right there too. And then after that, the Dolphins at thirteen. I don't think Murray goes thirteen. You just like you, the point you just said about the coach. I don't think Dolphins go Murray at thirteen. And then after that, it's Redskins at fifteen. So if he doesn't go right there, he could probably fall out of the first round or go at the tail end. Maybe <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure who would get him at the tail end outside of Oakland at twenty four. You know, just because you know, you never know what. Uh, the Raiders' mindset is on on Derek Carr. So if the Raiders don't get him at twenty four or twenty seven, I think he's basically out of the first round at that point. Yeah. And then after that, you know, I don't know where where he goes. <laughs> what team? What team would need him? Um, looking down the line, I guess you know somebody need a successor. Who knows? Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady—they all might play for five more seasons. Yeah, Brady probably at least two, and Phillip at least probably four. <laughs> right. So. No, those teams won't really be in a hurry to just get guys. And then this is such a defensive draft. The, the QBs, based upon last year's draft, people saw how good the rookie QBs were. And then this year combined with there's not a lot of quarterbacks and it's so defensive, the quarterbacks are being rated even higher this year. So who knows where they can go. But I know if the Giants pass on Haskins, that could kind of throw Murray's fate. You're going to see how it goes. 
the next coming months about you know Frazier first in the draft. Uh, let's play GM. We're gonna go change gears to the NBA. There's a lot of rumor guys, of course. You know the trade deadline is coming up very very soon. Uh, I think we're less than a month away from that. So I, w- I want to talk about two players and then a team who should be selling. Um, and that's Bradley Beal from the Wizards. I think I think the Wizards need to blow it up. You know, we we talked about this uh, New Year's resolution. Kevin Love, when he comes back from uh, injury. And then I think the Grizzlies as a team that needs to sell, whether that's Marcus Saul, whether that's Conley, whether that's Chandler Parsons, whatever on the team. Because this is another team who probably not going to win nothing right now. So might as well blow it up. You got, you got lucky last year getting a top five pick. Let's keep it rolling with the Grizzlies. So this is a team that, you know, their two best players are up there in age. I think Mike Conley might be 30 at this point. I know Marcus Gasol is over 30. Now, I'm going to yeah. tell you why they need to sell. So, you know, they, you know, started, they started off really, really high this year. And then the last month and a half, they tailed off, and now they're the second-worst team in the West. But they're only five or six games back out of the eighth seat. Now, I have a potential trade set up, and I want to – and I want to – Get your opinion on the trade, um, what it does for both sides of these teams, and how it does help the Memphis Grizzlies, and how it helps this other team out tremendously. All right, so okay, for Marcus, I, I I went around the NBA and I was like, where where does he fit? Because he isn't he does have an expiring contract, so well he has a player option, so he can decline it or whatever. So obviously trading him to a team. To a, t- a team that's you know young or up and coming, they're not going to do it because they're not in the win mode now. And if you mark us all, you're not going to stay. So I thought about a team that's that that wants to contend, especially when the report just came out two days ago about about this uh, about somebody leaving. I think the perfect spot for him to go is San Antonio Spurs. Um, we talked about the Spurs before, and we know about how the the market works. How why Kawhi left, you know, the main reason is because nobody, you know, he don't get nobody to come, whatever like that. And outside of Marcus Aldridge, most people that, that comes there, you know, you're getting them you getting them in trades or you drafted them. And I think Marcus Salter's first, so this is how the trade I, I made on NBA trade machine. The, the, the picks in the draft will work however they, they work. But as far as for the money to match up, I think if you trade Marcus and Omir Caspi, that, that creates, you know, more shooting for the Spurs. You trade that for his brother, Paul Gasol, who I think, if the Grizzlies did it, would do a possible buyout. Um, you know, because now we get, into, we get into that season where, you know, possible buyouts are, you know, guys are getting traded for nothing just to get bought out. I think David Burtons and David Cunningham, and then whatever picks may make the trade work. Um, my reason for this is, like I said, Paul Gasol will get bought out so he can go to a contending team. Uh, you, tra- you trade away Burton, who has two years left on his deal. He's a solid player for the Grizzlies. I think he could, you know, make that rotation and, and still be a you know rotation and playing good basketball. Cut him on expiring contract. And for the Spurs, you get Marcus Saul, who spaces the floor as well as rebound. He once was a defense player of the year. And you're talking about a guy who can play alongside Lamarcus Aldridge because they both can play in and out. And like I say, you add Caspi, who's another shooter, to come in the game. Uh, because, you know, their best player, DeRozan, is not a three-point shooter. Uh, so what do you think about that trade right there? All right, so you had Mark Gasol and uh, who's the other person? Caspi. Okay. Uh, I'm not really for it just because the Spurs, they they value Gasol. 
that's power we're talking about. The Spurs value value power. And even though his contract isn't very friendly, they did kind of make that make that deal. Now, he made that deal to help the team at, at that point because I mean he was gonna get he had a bigger contract where they broke it up. So he got sixteen over this season and then next year, which he'll probably retire after next year. And the Grizzlies just they started off twelve and five and they've kind of been in a a tail, you know, tailspin since then. But I don't think they're far off or just contending for the playoffs because they're they're a franchise that doesn't ask for much. So they're not far off from contending for the playoffs because we were surprised at how good they did start off. And uh, Gasol is 30. We're talking about Mark now. Mark is 33. Conley is 31. And they're both on the books for this year and then also next year. So, And both those guys have been there so long. They're still part of that, that grind culture. They're so ingratiated into that city. I think they really would have a, a hard time trading either one of those guys. Uh, this year, Mike Conley's making thirty million, and Mark Gasol is making twenty-four million. So, just on the pay, being so ingratiated into that culture, I don't think the Grizzlies would just be open to just saying, "Hey, we're you're gonna we're gonna just give you one of our cornerstones," because nobody's gonna sign there. And then they did hit on their draft pick with Jaron Jackson, so you got this hope he turns into. A great player, but nobody's going to sign there, and outside of a trade, they're going to be pretty much stuck. But I don't think moving one of their cornerstones. But Marcus has a player option, so he could leave and be a free agent this season. But do we really see him? Like he's the kind of guy. Do we really see him saying he'll sign somewhere else? I mean, he's they grew up in Memphis. You know, he like he he loves that he loves that place. I, I can't see him saying, "Hey, I'm out. I'm going to try to win somewhere." Like, I don't I don't see him being being that guy. Plus, he's on his 25 million playoffs. I don't think he's going to turn that down just to go sign a three-year deal somewhere because Memphis is so loyal to him. They'll he can play a year out and they'll still give him an extension anyway. So I don't I don't see the upside to him saying, "All right, I'm going to turn my extension down and go play somewhere else." Well, I think the Grizzlies need to sell. Like I said, just because, like you said, it you, nobody's going to sign there. Being in the middle of the pack is not going to do anything for anybody. So why not why not trade trade someone who I mean I, I understand you know he's a loyal guy and y'all been loyal to them but you can trade anybody anybody can be traded for the right price whatever I think I think Marcus saw one it makes him it'll make him happy because he's gonna be in a system that fits him well um, he's gonna be on a contender team Grizz is gonna be a you know top make, could could possibly win the lottery who knows and right then you know you get you get you a or if you even in top five you get you a, a star and maybe one of the Duke players uh that's, that's that's coming out and at at a position that's that you need whether it's R J Barrett Cam Reddish small forward or whether that's Zion power forward which you you can slide Jan Jackson to the center so I think I think the Jer- the Jaren Jackson draft pick. Because he because he's so versatile, with or without Marcus Saul, he's gonna be you know the future. And whether he's playing power forward with Gasol or he's playing center without Gasol, um, so that's that was just my thought on, on the Grizzlies. So you think they shouldn't sell? No, they they they, they should, yeah they shouldn't. I mean, and even if they did just go full blown dumpster fire this year, they they still wouldn't win the lottery. I mean. Just based on the odds right now, the Cavs would have the best chance. They don't. They don't have. They don't well, even have ten wins yet. Well, you know the odds. The odds changed this year. They they're going. This is that last year was the final year that 
you know, tanking twenty five percent for the first pick. So it's I mean it's it's more I get I wouldn't say it's likely it would happen, but it's a better chance, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a totally different structure. But at the same time, okay, we're just gonna say if season ended today, they wouldn't be in your there's no way they would win the lottery. I mean Granted, it is a lottery. Anybody can win it, but they wouldn't even be close. If season ended today, they have 19 wins. So they would be around the same mark as the Mavericks with 20, Pelicans 21, T-Wolves 21, also Pistons 20 wins, Magic 19 wins, Wizards 19 wins, and then less than them, Hawks at 14, Knicks at 10, Bulls at 10, Cavs at 9, and Suns at 11. There's no way they would win the lottery. They would, they would be stuck for at least the next two years of just being – Pure trash, and they won't they won't sell any tickets, any merch. <laughs> They'll be terrible. So all the the numbers will be down. So there's no really upside to this full blown dust of fire this year. But if you you can, but you can say that if you trade Marcus All, that's that's you know you you're making yourself you're not gonna have a star because Marcus All is a star. So you you trade Marcus All the way, you don't have a star. So now, you know, 19 wins might not even get to 28. 29 for the whole season uh, because they're playing in the West and Mike Collins, the best player and your second best player will be a rookie. And that's not going to get you that many wins. So like I said, trade Marcus off, Parkinson off. I'm pretty sure Parkinson off will get bought out and go to the contender. Meaning, meaning you better definitely trade Marcus off of uh, David Bertans. And we know that's a upside, uh, lopsided trade, right? And then part of it to me is I just don't think the Spurs would do it. Like if they're not really, that, that trade wouldn't really make, I don't want to say it would make them better, but they wouldn't stab power in the back like that by trading him to them and then let him get bought out. I mean, if he's not asking for trade to get bought out, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. Well, no, because well, if if Marcus if if you trade Marcus out, Marcus out, Marcus out doesn't even play at the end of games. He barely barely even plays anyway. So it's like you you get you traded somebody who's past his prime a long time ago for a guy who's roughly still in his prime. You know, he's averaging like fifteen and ten. Uh, getting like you know a guy, another guy who passed the ball. You know, of course he's he's a Gasol. You know that's what they do. So my thinking is he the Spurs the Spurs need that extra boost to give them more star power, especially with missing their, their star point guard this year and Murray. You missing your your Tony Parker and your Nobles. You got somebody who got an experience in the playoffs as well. And because you know you got Derek White playing, you got Brian Forbes, you got you got Bertans, you got guys who ain't really. Who, who haven't played that many minutes in that type of situation in the playoffs? And you, you know, you 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 have a guy who who said that y'all can make the conference finals depending on the matchups. And if you add Marcus Saul to that to that fire, you're talking about a team to the conference finals and can put up a fight um, against the Warriors because you got somebody who can bang the uh, Marcus Cousins, you got Lamarcus Aldridge who put who would, who would destroy Draymond Green, you got. DeMar DeRozan, who were battling out with Curry and Durant and Clay on a nightly basis. Like, you got guys with that star power to make it hit, make it work. I don't think that's, that trade makes the Spurs better. I think it's more of a – that's a – that could be a lateral move or it could be a bad move. There's no upside to it because DeRozan, he needs the ball to be effective, and so does Aldridge. So, then, like you just mentioned uh, – Bertans, and they also have Poto. So you have, and you can use Gasol too. So you have enough size. And then the NBA now is is so much space and scoring. If anything, the Spurs need to go add a shooter because you have DeRozan and Aldridge and Rudy Gay, who they, they have the mid-range game down pat. And then we're still going to wait and see how Walker 
bounces back when he comes back. I think the Spurs are more of a let's get younger than bring on a guy like Mark. And, you know, he's not old, but in NBA terms, he's kind of old, you know, 11-year veteran, 33 years old. So I don't think the Spurs will want to add him when they still have Mills and Bellinelli. Like, you know, you have guys who are – you got your three-point specialists, and then you got your your two all-stars. And I think for right now, that's all they need. So they get Murray back next year. You'll get Healthy Walker. So stuff stuff like that, I don't see the upside to the trade for just for one season, really, because he can opt out next year. So I don't see the the upside to the, it. The, up, the upside would be you, you get rid of Paul Gasol's contract. You now now you have cap space to do something with. Uh, on top on top of that, Pop Greg Popovich already said he don't know if he's coming back. So even with Pop leaving, the, this won't be the same thing. You got to go out with a last last hurrah and try to make the team possible. You don't you don't want to go in the game. You don't want to go to the playoffs and, you know, possibly it's depending on the matchup, get swept in the first round. And that's the last time we see Greg Popovich. Like that's not how we want a great to go out. So I I think this this I don't think it's a it's, it's a lateral or a bad move because if you bring in Caspi who is a, a marksman from three point spot, who's a better suited than Lonnie Walker, he played on the Warriors last year. He 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 been on deep runs already before. So he's like it's not like he's 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 not brand new to it, and you, like I say you bring Marcus Gasol who is a very very leader in his right, and even if he does walk away, hey, we tried we tried to make this we tried to uh, go out with the bang, and it's not like you're getting rid of a young player, you're getting rid of David Bertans who's a small four power four who can be replaced. Yeah, as a GM, it's just not one I would, I would do personally. All right, well let's move on to uh, Washington and Bradley Beal, so. If you got a trade, I want you to go ahead and, uh, and, and tell me what you got. Uh, I think for the Wizards, they just kind of start clearing up some of their their cap space. Their their cap space is one of the worst in the league. And I think secondly that the John Wall Bradley Bill duo has run its course. They haven't really made any advancements together, and now you see John Wall is starting to get hurt more and more. So I think it's time to go ahead and finally break up that duo. Um, they've, I, I hate to say it, but they really underachieved because in the East, that was really LeBron and hardly nobody else. Well, Le- LeBron and the rest of us open, and they never really got to that point of we're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or, you know, we're going to both be perennial all NBA players. They, you know, they were just kind of just treading water and they always went through so much turmoil internally. So I think a trade that would help. The Wizards would be Bradley Beal going to the Dallas Mavericks. And then in return, they would get back Dennis Smith Jr. And they would get back Wesley Matthews. That matches up salary-wise. And then the Matthews deal would kind of free some space up for the Wizards going forward. And the Beal trade helps the Mavs because a guy like Doncic needs more shooters around him. So I think that trade helps both sides on that on that part. And then Dennis Smith Jr., he's on a rookie contract. So um, let's just say John Wall is not the same guy going forward. Um, that'll suck because you're going to start paying him $40 million. But at the same time, you would have Dennis Smith Jr. who can be, if he does get the reins a little bit, he could be your next guy going forward. Now, my only thing is, can they, when John Wall comes back, can they play together? Because I, I like the idea of working with Matthews because he's on an expiring contract. So, if I'm the Wizards, of course you don't you don't resign him back. 
you, you do get a young stud point guard who who can play basketball. But one thing he can't do either is shoot the basketball. Can they play together? Because you're playing John Wall so much money. Are you playing together? You know what's the what's the what's the outcome on that? Yeah, I think they would have to kind of be like the the Russ and Dennis Schroeder thing. Like they could they could close games together because the, the really the way the NBA is now, the more ball handlers you have, and you get some kind of shooting and space on those guys, you can be effective. Dennis Smith is younger, so he'll definitely learn how to develop his shot more and and become more of a bucket getter. But um, I think it just works because even though. We see Wall, he's an athletic freak, but he's kind of starting to break down. So, at least if he does break down, here's Dennis Smith Jr. to be your your sixth man or your, your second point guard, things like that. My trade with Bradley Beal is uh, I, I'm sending him to the Hornets. And now the, guy, the guys I'm sending him to, I'm sending him Jeremy Lamb, who has an aspiring contract. I'm sending Frank the Tank, who has an uh, aspiring contract as well, his last year of his rookie deal. And I'm giving him uh, a versatile big who can play the four and five, which is uh, Cody Zeller, who is not a bad player. He's, he's, a, he's a good role player, good starter in, in the league. He can get you a double-double. Um, but he's, you know, he's really he really in a log jam, you know, there there in uh, in Charlotte. But, of course, sending two bigs to the, to the Wizards, they're gonna move on from Dwight Dwight Howard. He's a month away from coming back anyway, and you know they got the they got Thomas Bryant who's playing thirty minutes a game because they had another bigs. Uh, it gives them another shooter in Jamie Lamb. Like I said, inspiring contract because we know they like I said the cap space is terrible. I'm giving them Bradley Beal, and you know of course Hornets are sending some first round picks their way as well. Uh, with Bradley Beal going will be also Jeff Green, who's I think he's signed a one year deal. So the Hornets will get Bradley Beal and Jeff Green, who can who can play the four with Batum at the three, and of course our guy Kim Walker at point guard. And you're talking about a team now who's in the playoffs right now. Add another star. That way, you probably add another All Star. That way, you got two guards. You got you got another former duo in Beal and Kimba, who can compete in the East because, like I said, there's no LeBron James. Uh, no, they're not a tier one team in the East with you know Raptors and Bucks, Sixers and Celtics. But given the right matchup, you know, uh, possibly avoid Sixers with Embiid. You got a team that can give any of these of these high power teams a, a slight run for their money. Probably, obviously, we lose the series, but we'll give them a good a good battle in the playoffs. Yeah, that's not bad because just like we were saying about Memphis, they won't. Charlotte will never be able to sign a big time free agent. So if you can get Bill in a trade, that works for everybody. And then you just have to, you know, of course, hope Michael Jordan works the magic. Him and Mitch can get Kimba to sign a long-term extension, give him the max. And if you can pair Bill with Kimba, uh, that'll be a pretty good backcourt duo. And I think they could at least be a perennial playoff team together for the years they would be signed together. And then they still have Batum locked in. He's still pretty solid. Um, not worth them. I want to say that's not worth the money they're getting, but just in the the NBA climate, he's kind of overpriced. Um, and also, they still have uh, Malik Monk they just drafted, so they would be a pretty good, pretty solid team. You know, and for the Hornets, man, you talk about a team who, when they draft, they they never have have a pick that's busted out and just just terrible from the get go. 
they just draft role players, and that's the only problem. So if you can't draft, what you do? You go trade for somebody who already established. Uh, that way, you know, because think about Cody Zeller coming out of college. We thought he was a star. Frank the Tank, what he did as a senior in Wisconsin was great. Jamie Lamb the same way. Gil, Kid Gilchrist, same way. Malik Monk, what he did. It's like these guys are were great college players. Even when they drafted, I think they drafted Noah Von Lee from Indiana as well back back in the day. And they just, you know, they just really ain't ain't pop. And uh, you got got Bridges this year from Michigan State. So we'll see what he's going to do um, with Michigan State. Because I mean, with the Hornets, because they they can't draft. So if you can't draft. Get somebody who established because you're not going to sign for agents. Yeah, the whole point of the draft is to get better, and they always they don't miss on the pick, but it's usually the wrong pick because somebody that was taken afterwards becomes better, <laughs> and then they just they, they they just keep getting like you said they're staying in the middle for us role players, and we just really no no that's that's good because you know you're you're not busting, but it's also bad. Because you're not getting an elite right. level guy. Um, last guy we talked about is uh, Kevin Love, man, and yes, he's he's been hurt. He played maybe, but if t- if he played ten games, if you Cleveland, you you need to you need to start over. You need to rebuild. And I think it's two teams that can very like get better immediately, especially for the playoff run. I mean, that's Utah and Portland. Now. It's hard. It's hard to say what they would trade because it's really a lot of options for both teams. Um, but I would assume in Utah favors would be in the deal. Now uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you in a minute which which one you prefer him to go to. Um, but for Utah, you know, you get another shooter with Donovan Mitchell because he doesn't have any. He doesn't really have any score scores. Um, most of the, most of the team is predicated around ball movement. And some, sometimes, yes, that's very important. But sometimes you also need somebody who can go score at will. Um, Donovan Mitchell is the only one who can do that. And if I think if you if you put Kevin Love in Utah and you remove Favors, that creates space because Favors and Gobert are in the way. Um, they're, they're not somebody who can step out and make shots. Favors, Favors has been a solid guy. He's never really he's, – he's been – he was good early, but he, it's not like he was a star. And Gobert, of course, he's the more defensive. And it really and it gives Donovan Mitchell another bona fide All Star. We would have gotten the scene of Gordon Hayward State. Uh, and for Portland, it gives them. I think it gives them a, a great starting lineup with Nurkic at the center, Kevin Love at the four, and McCullum and Dame as your, your guards. That's really that's really tough. Now defensively, how can they? You know how would they 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 match up? But you know in this NBA right now we seeing guys break records every night offensively teams making the most threes in the night as a team uh like like the Lakers 19 the other night thunder broke their record Warriors broke their record twice um so we we seeing we seeing things that the offense is playing the role so maybe Portland could be another team that's that that way you can't just double Dame and and uh CJ and then all of a sudden that's that's game who would you have going to Portland if they were well leaving Portland? I'm sorry, who would you trade away from Portland to get here? Uh, Portland has a lot of guys. Like, like, like who would you have? Who would you have Portland in mind? Got, they have a lot of guys, a young, a lot of young pieces. Um, but to make the money match, um, you would have uh, Evan Turner would have to be in the trade, and that's just because of the money. Uh, but you know, you can ask for you can ask for maybe uh, their first round pick this year and uh, Simmons or uh, Simons. 
You can ask for Zach Collins from Gonzaga. Uh, they got they got yeah. um, Kayla Swanigan from Purdue. Like they they have they have a lot of young guys and and with the Cavs team, you know, you're not going anywhere. Really, as long as you get a pick back, that's all you really care about. You know, that's 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 more the, what they're looking for. And maybe you can get get one of these young guys, and maybe they blossom in Cleveland. Who knows? Yeah, I think the Cavs. It wouldn't be a bad trait, but at the same time, I don't think they would do it just because if Love leaves, they really don't have a veteran to kind of oversee, you know, like just teaching young guys like better habits, things like that. They got so Shannon Fry. We just, we just have a – no, Shannon <laughs> Fry probably be going home soon. Man. He, he'll probably be going home soon. So I think, you know, Tristan's still pretty young. Um, you know, they've already kind of ostracized Jr. Things like that. So I think letting Kevin Love go after I think they paid him to stay. Like, can you can you be the guy? Except now you're more mature than Minnesota. Can you be the guy that can just kind of lead the young guys, teach them good habits, and things like that? So um, if he went to Utah, that wouldn't be bad. It'll it'll kind of help help their playoff case a little bit more. But at the same time, just seeing how the state of the Cavs. I think they would probably just kind of hold hold tight, hope they can land. Even though he's more a box office Zion, I think Cleveland should focus on trying. If they can get the pick, they should kind of try to get R.J. Barrett. Oh yeah, now now if you're talking about like holding on to Kevin Love, and you know if they get the number one pick, you know then it would. I think R.J. Barrett will be the guy because you slide that three. You got Colin Simpson, your point guard of the future. You got Kevin Love. And then you just work work that way up, um, but then you got a guy like Kevin Love who can be disgruntled because he that's why he that's why that's why he was so glad he got in Minnesota because he was tired of doing everything his own, which you know allude to guys like Anthony Davis right now going through just just the fact that you know you're the only guy doing something. Um, now, if you can, if if Cavs decide to wait on Kevin Love and wait till the draft lottery comes out, do you think trading Kevin Love? You know, to get like a lottery pick, do you think that's that's worthy of of a pick? That way, you can get Zion, and maybe you can get, I don't know, uh, maybe a Keldon Johnson from Kentucky at that pick rate, like in the lottery, late in the lottery. Or do you think they should 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 just keep giving love and hope he doesn't get hurt because this is a guy who does get hurt a lot? I think they'll just keep him. Like that's why he's not really playing now. They're just not going to waste a year of him. You know, he was a little banged up. They're not going to waste a year of him just out there running around on a probably nineteen win team. So. Um, depending upon how the draft shakes out and what potential moves are there, he may be on the move. But I think they're just going to they, – they paid him for a reason. Um, and it's not because they won the championships and it's not out of loyalty. I think they – it's a it's involved – that was involved in the process, but I think they want a veteran guy to be able to help a Colin Sexton grow and – uh, Kevin Love, he seems like he's a good locker room guy too. So I think they just kind of need a stable veteran presence. I mean, they could sign Rich Jefferson back if they want to. <laughs> no, he, he can still, he, he, he's doing just fine on the jump. <laughs> all right, well, that's all we got for Priest Care. Priest, appreciate Rashad for joining me again as well. I'm excited. Super Bowl, uh, two, weeks around, two weeks away. Yeah, um, I'm still going to, I know my playoff prediction got, got messed up, but. At this point, I'm just hoping for the Patriots Saints Super Bowl for selfish reasons because I want to see two of the greatest of all time go at it. I want to see 
people who live in Atlanta, they'll probably want to burn the whole city down because you'll have the team that beat you 28, came out from your 28-3 in, in Atlanta, and you'll have your division rival in your stadium. So a team the Falcons hate is going to win a Super Bowl if that happens. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll I personally like that. And I really just don't want to see the Rams in the Super Bowl. I mean, they're a big – the Rams are a big media market just because it's L.A., but I don't like when teams – don't really have like a loyal fan base because even their home games, they weren't really selling them out with their fans. It'll be like Cowboys fans or like some road, a lot of road fans there. So I really don't care to see the Rams uh, in the Super Bowl. So hopefully, Patriots and Saints make it just for selfish reasons. Hey, you, you never, you never know. Maybe the guys from St. Louis might take a trip down there. Those fans still there. Maybe they come down to Atlanta. They ain't too far. Too far to drive. I personally wouldn't do it. I would still feel the type of way that the team left the city. <laughs> so I see it on both uh, both sides. All right. So we'll find out what happens there. Uh, preach can't preach. Uh, appreciate the out. Yes, sir. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery! Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important.